it, wreck it, wreck it, wreck it. Get down to business. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on ESPN Des Moines. Back after a week off, where was I last Friday? Uh, I was in Mexico. But back at it, happy to be here. So much going on, some good, some horrific. Going to talk to you about it all here. Thank you for being here on a Friday. My name is Mike Wicket. Still to come, we are going to get to the GOAT. She did it. And she did it last night. We will definitely get into the pride of West Des Moines, and that is the one and only Caitlin Clark. That is coming your way. You're going to hear from Caitlin after her record-setting night last night. But, like I said, it's been a very rough week. It's been a rough week for a lot of people. We should have been talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the celebration and the idea of a three-peat. But at the parade earlier this week, uh, some idiots decided to open fire 22 people injured, nine of them kids. Kids getting shot at a football parade. And one woman lost her life. A friend of mine is on the line with us right now, a woman I used to work with down in Kansas City. My wife actually hired her from 99.7 The Point in Kansas City. One half of Ponch and Nikki in the morning. Nikki Vivas is with me. Nikki, thank you so much for the time. Uh, I saw that you were at the parade. And then yesterday on Facebook, I saw your heartfelt post because you're a Kansas City girl. You are. Yeah. You are. Hey, Wicked. It's really good to talk to you, Nikki. And I just want to know, I mean, heck, if I had three hours, I would take it of your time. (laughs) But I know you're a busy woman. What has this week been like? The highs of Sunday and then what happened a couple of days ago? Oh, my God. It's, it's been an emotional roller coaster. I mean, you know how we are in this city. We love Kansas City. I've always said that nobody reps KC as well as KC. Like, we love our city so much. And to see us win, to see the, you know, the season that we've had and the, the comeback and the triumph and just all of the things that we went through, to have that day of celebration, it was going to be everything. You know, it's it's one of those perfect days. The weather was great. You're walking around. You're seeing families smiling. You're seeing kids happy, wearing Mahomes and Kelsey jerseys, tossing the football around. You just kind of stood there for a second and was like, this is the perfect day. You know, this is peace. This is America. This is what it's supposed to be about. We're happy. And it just turned tragic in the blink of an eye. And I was down there. You know, I got down there very early. Um, I, I saw you in your very cute sweatshirt. I did see that. It, it, yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Very fashionable, right? Always. <laughs> always. I always have to have oh, the look. Always, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we got down there early and, uh, you know, did our show. And I was uh, a couple blocks away from Union Station, still on the parade route. And all of a sudden, you know, you just saw cop cars and ambulances, firefighters just flying and rushing. And I'm like, what is going on? And I knew, I'm like, this this can't be good. Something something has happened. And man, I I just what did you I, I do? Think, did you did you run? Did you duck? Did you stare in awe? We, I was in, I was actually I was inside of a bar that was on the parade route, and they, we went into lockdown mode. They were very professional. They immediately locked the doors. Um, we had the TV on. We're watching the coverage. Of course, my phone's blowing up. My mom's calling to make sure I'm good. And we just watched in horror, seeing our city that we're so proud of 
just in chaos because you could see people running. I'm looking out the windows of the bar and you can see people running down the streets. You see moms grabbing their kids. You see all of this unfolding and you're just holding your chest like what the hell is happening? And it's I mean, it's heartbreaking. I, I struggled yesterday on going on air. I really, really did. And I mean, Wicket, you know me. I always have words. I love to talk. <laughs> I mean, it's just what I do. But I really struggled yesterday. I had a lump in my throat the entire time I was doing my morning show. My hands were shaking the entire time and I couldn't find the words. It just, it's sad when you see it in another city. Of course, it's tragic. It's heartbreaking. But when it's in the city that you were born and raised in, that you grew up in, that you had dreams in, that you've been to all of these places, you've been to Union Station, you've been downtown Kansas City, it's where you go every weekend, like, it hits different. Talking to Nikki Vivas from 99.7 The Point in Kansas City. She was at the Chiefs Parade. She was there. She's born and raised in Kansas City, as, as you heard, broadcast live the morning of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Parade. What was it like inside the bar when you guys were on lockdown? Uh, a lot of eyes as huge as headlights, people holding one another. Did people, people pour in, shock. in the doors? Were people coming in looking for God, for shelter? No, no. It was more people just running the opposite way. Mm. Nobody was really trying to get in to where I was at. Um, yeah, that, that didn't really happen. It was just more of people running away from, because you could see, I mean, if you look down, the the street you can see people coming towards you you can see people running you're like okay what's happening and you immediately just kind of follow suit and like okay we need to get we need to go the same way they're going don't run towards it run away like that that kind of was the demeanor Uh, i think people were just confused people didn't understand what was going on a lot of people thought i would say majority of people thought that they were fireworks because of the timing, you had Mitch Holtis on stage, you know, cheering and exciting. And you had the Chiefs players on stage and you you thought, you know, like, oh, it's fireworks. And then quickly realized, no, no, it's not. Those are gunshots, guys. Did you hear them from inside the bar? I did not. Okay. No. You just saw no. the aftermath of people running. And, and I've, I mean, I've watched video after video, and there's one incredible video that starts just to the west of Union Station where you can see it begin, and people from, like, the middle of a circle just start dispersing. And there's no audio yeah. on it, but you know, like, in 2024, Nikki, you know what's happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the stories that are coming out, Wicked, of, of, of people laying on top of their children, of women laying on top of kids that they don't even know to shield them. That's what gets me. Like, this this day... This day should have been a day of celebration, of joy, of unity. And it because of three selfish individuals, too, I know it's still fluid, details are still coming mm-hmm. out. Because of selfish individuals, you put a stain on our city and took that away from our children. And that's not okay. It's not. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be scared to go to a parade. They shouldn't be as resilient as they are. Like, let them be kids. And the, the, the stories of, you know, the guys, the fans that were there from Omaha rushing and tackling one of the guys. I mean, he saved so many more lives that day. He, I mean, we, we know it. if he would have not been tackled down to the ground, one of the suspects, who knows what could have happened? That's a great point. 
I, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's so many angles to this. And Kansas City, like, this is not us. And I want, that's what I want people to know. That is not Kansas City. That's not how we are. This city is beautiful, and we are a big family. And I'm hoping, and I'm, I, it's not like it's going to change anything, but I'm hoping that it comes out that those people were not from our city. Talking to Nikki Vivas from 99.7 The Point down in Kansas City, joining us here on ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. She was at the parade and the aftermath of the parade. So you get back on the air. You said there was a lump in your throat. It was difficult. Oh, yeah. to, it was difficult to talk about, and and I understand. I do. I do a morning show here, and you have your topics and things that you get into. I have to imagine, Nikki, that whether you're, let me back that up. I have to imagine the conversation, and whether or not you're trying to move on or whatever, it comes back to that day. Like, what are you guys talking about on the air? What are fans? What are people? What are Kansas Cityans? What are Missourians and Kansans talking about today? You know, Wicked, it was very clear to me when I was driving in to the radio station that morning. You know, I woke up and I hit the floor and I prayed and I was like, God, give me the words. You know, I, I, I'm not here to push belief on anybody, but I am a believer. And I was like, please just give me the words because right now I don't have them. And it was clear when I walked through that studio door, I said, the format is out the window. The rules are out the window. We are human beings. We are people. And we are just going to let people grieve. And we are going to just take this morning as it comes. Because honestly, I don't want to sit here and talk about what Kanye is doing and play Dua Lipa. Because quite frankly, nobody gives a damn right now. Our city's hurting. Our city's in pain. And we're going to feel the feels. We're going to cry it out. We're going to hold on to one another. And whatever happens on air is what's going to happen. This is when this is when radio really matters because we can be vulnerable and we can be real and raw and connect with our city in a way that other mediums can't. And that's what we did. And, and, and we played, you know, we found a song that really resonated and we played it a couple times that morning. I didn't want to play the poppy you know, upbeat stuff, because that that's not the mood right now. And we just let things breathe. Listeners called in telling their side of the story, where they were, how they feel, what do I tell my kids? And I, and it, the morning just, it was so hard, but at the same time, it was kind of cathartic. Because right now, what we need is the human element. Right now, we need to talk to one another. Don't go into this hibernation mode. Don't go into this mode of, you know, I want to just suffer in silence. No, this is a trauma that we have to heal together, and we need to talk. And so that's that's it. And that's how we're connecting with listeners in the city and, and people and families and, and um, letting them have their moment to just get it off their chest because let's, let's just be honest here. We're mad. We're sad. We're heartbroken. We're angry. We're all of these emotions and nobody knows what to do. Cause I think we're kind of still in shock. Did you know Lisa Lopez, who was the one victim who did not get out of the event? I did not know Lisa G, but she is in our field mm -hmm. and that's what really struck home. Um, I have a lot of friends that knew her very well. And 
nothing but high praise, that she was an angel walking on this earth, that her family meant everything to her. She has a daughter. She has a son. She has a husband. Huge in the Latino community here in Kansas City. Um, DJs at a restaurant named Rudy's in Westport that I go to all the time. I remember Rudy's. You remember? I've been to Rudy's a couple of times. How many margarita nights did we have there? Like, (laughs) a lot. Um, But this woman was a pillar in her community, and it's coming out, and and that's why I think so many different people are talking about her, because she made such an impact. She worked at KKFI. She had a a show on, and, um, you know, it's senseless. It's heartbreaking. One is too many. Do you have any idea, and I'll I'll get you out of here on this. Oh, you're Um, fine. Do do you have any idea— when do you think the, the, I mean, I don't even know if you guys have hit the recovery process process yet no. down there. I, I feel no. you're still in stage one, the grief, I think, or whatever the number is, but yeah. you know, this weekend is going to be a big weekend of healing. I think in Kansas city, what do you, yeah. what do you think the mood is going to be? Cause I've heard from mayor Lucas and we've heard them from the police chief and everybody's mad. What do you think next week's going to be like for you guys? I think next week is when we go into action. I think that, you know, take the weekend, heal, do what you need to do to bring yourself a little bit of joy and comfort. If, if that's, you know, I don't know, eating some good food, being with your loved ones, whatever it is that brings you a little bit of peace and comfort, do that. But next week, you know, we're healing and we're, and we have to take action. Things have to change. There are a lot of things that need to change in order for it to make situations like this, not top of the news where this is happening. Like, it's crazy to me. It's crazy. And it's, this is where I think that you're going to see some leaders emerge. You're going to see some Kansas Cityans who are tired of it, come forward and create change. I hope to see it, Nikki. Uh, I know it's been a very, very emotional week for you and everybody in Kansas City. Really appreciate your time. And it's good to talk to you. Of course. No problem. Anytime, Wicked. Good to hear from you. Take care. Nikki Vivas from 99.7 The Point in Kansas City. She's born and raised in KC. She was at the parade. She was at a bar as the parade was ending. The right, I mean, I saw the photos that she was posting on her Facebook page. And to, to be there, I can't even imagine. Let's talk more about this, plus an incredible story from one of the members of the Chiefs' offensive line that might make you cry next. One hundred two one FM, thirteen fifty ESPN, Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. My thanks again to Nikki Vivas from ninety nine seven The Point for joining me. Fantastic. Uh, she is from Kansas City. She was at the parade. If you missed it, it'll be on the podcast coming up in just a bit. Uh, just, I can't even imagine. And I, uh, I moved here in Des Moines with my wife when we found out we were pregnant for the second time because she got a job at ninety three point three KIOA down the dial here down the hall. And she uh, is from Iowa. She went to Valley. (laughs) She went to Iowa State. But we moved together to Kansas City in 2016. Is that right? Yeah, 2016. She and I moved down there. And we had no kids. We weren't married. We didn't even get engaged. Did we get engaged then? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. We didn't know what to expect in Kansas City. And if you've ever lived in Kansas City or you've been to Kansas City, you know that what Nikki said is nobody loves Kansas City more than Kansas City. And I think that's the way it is in a lot of towns. Like, I think the proudest Des Moines-ians are people that are from central Iowa. 
I think if you live in Chicago, you're the proudest. You, you, Chicago's the greatest city in the world. If you're from Salt Lake, you love Salt Lake, Houston, Dallas, whatever. And I think, and I think that Kansas City is right there. And I'm, I'm not from Kansas City, but that was a life-changing town for me and for my wife. That's where we began our engagement. I proposed to my wife in front of the Bellagio in Vegas. We got married in Vegas. We began our engagement. We had our first kid. We bought our first house. We made lifelong friends. We both achieved a lot of uh, professional success. I was on a stage. Lee, Lee hired Nikki to do the morning show back in 2017, 18. I can't remember. And then I was down the dial on a news talk radio station. And so Kansas City was where we thought we were going to spend a very long time. Well, we got pregnant a second time in less than a year, and it was like, okay, we're going to need some family. So luckily, things worked out for us here in Des Moines. And when they won their first Super Bowl a couple of years ago, I remember I was, being, I was a stay-at-home dad. I did not have this job, and I wasn't doing mornings on laser. I was a stay-at-home dad. And I remember when the parade was going down Main Street, I was streaming on one of the uh, the the apps from a Kansas city TV station. And I was watching it because in the before, before kids, we would go to the bars that are down main street or we'd go to the restaurants or we'd ride the streetcar, or whatever. And it was like, that was our life before. And to see the celebration and the happiness and the joy, and you know how it is whenever you see a parade and you've been to that city or you're from that city or whatever, you feel something. There's a connection. Like we were there for four and a half years. And it was like, I said, a life changing city for us. So when they won that first Super Bowl, I remember sitting there as a stay-at-home dad with three babies watching the parade, letting them get away with anything. They could do whatever they want. And two of them weren't mobile <laughs> at the time, but still, I was being a real good dad just watching TV. And then, you know, they win another Super Bowl last year. They beat the Eagles, and then this year they beat the 49ers. And it was like, this is great for a city. And I started watching some of the parade, and I started watching the Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, and Kelsey's probably had eight bottles of tequila and going nuts and high-fiving people and shotgunning beers like you're supposed to. I was like, this is great. And then you see what happens after. And I remember picking up my phone, because I had actually turned it off, because by the time my kids wake up now when I take care of them, the parade was still going on, and I just had to stop paying attention. And then just like you, when you first found out the words shooting at parade, I guess part of I, in 2024, we're all numb to it. We're all like, oh, shouldn't be surprised. You get a million people in the same room. Somebody's going to have a gun. Somebody's going to open fire. There's going to be one or two or three knuckleheads. But at the same time, you're thinking, you can't even go to a Super Bowl parade. You can't eat. The kids took off school. Nine kids got shot at a football parade. You can add that to the list of places you can't feel safe anymore in 2024. And no one's doing anything about it. And I'm not here to have a political debate with gun guy or mental health guy or what right, left. I... You have your own. There's no reason to fight about it on the air. There's none. All right? It's up to you at the polls and whatever it is you vote for that you think will fix whatever the problems are in your community. We have them here in Des Moines. 
We don't have them on the scale that they do in Kansas City or Detroit or Chicago, but we have our problems here in Des Moines, right? Or wherever, maybe you're, you know, listening to us in Ames or whatever. But we have our problems here. But to see it happen at that event, it's just like, God, you can't do anything anymore. You know, my, my morning show partner on Laser, Heather, said, is this going to be the end of Super Bowl parades? God, I hope not. I hope not. Like, what do you, what's next year? Let's say the Chiefs win again. Imagine the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, which is, as a football fan, mind-numbing. Ugh. But let's, everyone's sick of the Chiefs, right? But imagine Chiefs win the Super Bowl on a Sunday. And two days later, there's a parade. What do you think everyone's thinking about? Attendance will not be a million. Attendance might be 600,000. Like what percentage of people are going to see 22 shot, nine kids, one a woman dead and be like, you know what? I'm going to watch this on channel nine (laughs) or whatever channel it is. That's just the way it is now. That is where we are at now. So is there a way to make a parade safe? I don't know. What do you, is the whole street lined with 8,000 metal detectors? No, that's a little ridiculous. Do you have it at Arrowhead so only 80,000 people can go and they have to, all have to walk through the metal detectors? No. I mean, that's not enough people for a parade. I mean, there's a couple million people down there in the Kansas City metro area. And then, as Nikki mentioned, one of the heroes came in from Omaha. We had a lot of people drive down from Des Moines that morning or maybe the night before because they're, of all the fan bases, Vikings, Chiefs, number one and two, whatever order you want to say here in central Iowa, Kind of like splits the state. North Vikings, South Chiefs. Yeah, there's Bears, Packers, and Cowboys in here too, and some others. But there are a lot of Chiefs fans. I think we're closer to Arrowhead than we are to U.S. Bank Stadium. I could be wrong about that. Don't hate me if I am. But I just, I think about the future of parades. Because if you did not know, and if, you know, you maybe you're not the biggest NBA fan. Did you watch the Denver Nuggets parade when they won the championship last summer? Two people got shot at that game, or at that event. So the last two, sorry, two of the last three, because I don't think there was a problem for the World Series parade. But in two of the last three major sports parades, we've had shootings. I don't know the answer. I know what I'd like to see done. I'm sure you you know what you would like to see done. But that's just terrifying. And to see it happen in a city that meant so much to me and to my wife, it was sickening. And the more I talked about it with my wife that night, the worse I felt. When Nikki is talking about mothers covering children who aren't even theirs, if you're watching on the Facebook page, you saw me start to cry. Because as a dad, to think that they canceled school for the parade— All those Kansas City schools, all the surrounding areas, they canceled school so that kids could go experience a Super Bowl parade. Do you know how many kids and how many cities would love to have their school canceled to go to a Super Bowl parade? I'm a Packers fan. There's a, you know, we got, they haven't won a Super Bowl since the year 2011. A lot of kids in the last 13 years would love to have school canceled so they could go to a Packers parade. It's a lot colder at the January, February parades in Green Bay than in Kansas City. 
But are you telling me if the Bears, who haven't won a Super Bowl in 1985, if they closed down the schools, how many kids would love that? This, there's two generations of Bears fans who have no idea what a Super Bowl win is like. And the kids that got to go to that, and nine of them got shot. I got a buddy of mine, one of my best friends from Kansas City. His girlfriend is a kindergarten teacher. How do you go back to school the next day and talk to a bunch of kindergartners? Now, maybe six-year-olds don't quite understand the gravity of what's happening. But what if Timmy's friend got shot? What if Timmy saw their friend get shot? Mind-blowing. Can't even imagine. Cannot imagine. Uh, And I know they got the, the Chiefs players and probably the dignitaries were running, and they got the players up on the buses, and they got the buses the heck out of there when the shooting started happening. Uh, defensive back Legarius Sneed was one of the Kansas City Chiefs on there. Uh, and, and, and much like Des Moines, much like our city, Sneed says Kansas City is a close-knit community. Oh, man, you know, I say since I've been in Kansas, you know what? It's tragedy, you know, bad snow days, whatever it is, man, they always come together and be as a whole. That's what I love about this community and this town and this city. You know, it's just everyone's together. Nobody's just pumping and separating. You know, everyone's together. Sneed was on with uh, ESPN Radio's Carlin versus Joe earlier this week. I actually heard that entire interview yesterday. I think he was on here on ESPN Des Moines. I'd like to think, like, if have you seen the video of the guy running and she referenced the dude from Nebraska? I think his name was Paul Contreras, and I don't know the other guy, but the two men. Can you put, we all put ourselves in that situation, right? Like, what would you do if there was an active shooter wherever you are? You're at a bar, you're at a restaurant, you're at church, you're at school. It happens everywhere. You're at a Super Bowl parade. You're going for a walk in a park. And you hear gunfire, you see hundreds, if not thousands of people dispersing and running, and the gunman comes running by you. How many of us would actually have the stones to tackle him? I don't know what I would do. I'm not going to sit here and lie and be like, oh, I'd tackle him. First off, I'm not, I don't have a tackling physique, all right? I'd like to think what I would do if there was a gunman is cover my kids or grab all three of them and run. That's what I would do. I don't know if I would tackle the gunman coming, running right by me. But if those guys don't tackle that nutball, and two of the three, by the way, that are in custody are juveniles. You can carry a gun as a minor in Missouri. Missouri's really weird. Missouri's really weird. I know, Kara, our producer, you're from Missouri. Yeah, your state's really weird. You can carry a gun if you're like 16 or whatever. But if if that dude escapes or doesn't get tackled and he knows that the police are chasing him, you think he doesn't open fire more to try to clear people out of his way because he's scared now because he's about to get arrested? I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but that feels to be the mood right now. And I can't even imagine, like when I did a, a news talk station in Kansas City, my old partner, Jamie, used to be uh, Jamie and Wicked, and Jamie sent me a message. It's funny. The last two messages, I just want to read you the two messages that we exchanged back to back. Welcome back from Mexico. I'm sorry. 
her first message, because I was in Mexico, and she's like, are you in Mexico for the Super Bowl? Of course I was. It's so freaking fun here today. That was Monday at 2.36. Thursday, welcome back from Mexico. What a hellscape of a day yesterday was. Parade was Wednesday. You should see what I'm getting on Twitter. And the, the, the fact that that dichotomy of messages exists from, man, this is a great, it's a hellscape. Oh, goodness. I can't even imagine what talk radio is like down there. I cannot. But I want to end the parade discussion with a cool story. This is uh, Kansas City offensive lineman Trey Smith. How he helped a little boy during this time, this moment, this panic. This little boy uh, was with his father. Oh, he's just a little hysterical. He's just panicked. You know, he's scared. He doesn't know what's going on. You know, I had the WWE belt on me the entire parade. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, man, what can I do to help him out? I just handed him the belt. Hey, buddy, you're the champion. No one's going to hurt you. I'm aware. No one's going to hurt you, man. Um, we got your back. We just started talking about wrestling. You know, who's your favorite wrestler? What was your favorite wrestling match? And just little things like that just to take his mind off of it. He was looking out the window, and he was seeing people, you know, just reacting away. They were trying to get out of that situation. So I'm like, here you go, buddy. This is yours. You know, man, like, so again, no one's going to hurt you when you're here with us. Thank you for protecting, buddy. You're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. If you didn't start welling up during that story, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Um, sadly, one woman lost her life, Lisa Lopez Galvin, otherwise known as Lisa G on the radio. Uh, I did not know her. Many people have asked because I worked in radio down there, and she was. I did not know her. She's 43. She's got kids. Kids are older. Uh, she did not make it out of the parade. She passed away. Shout out to Taylor Swift. And I know a lot of people are sick of hearing about Taylor Swift. I don't get it. Um, Taylor Swift donated $100,000 to the GoFundMe page. One hundred grand to help with whatever the family needs. If I don't care if you're a fan of her music or not, Taylor Swift is an amazing person. And she wrote, sending my deepest sympathies and condolences in the wake of your devastating loss. With love, Taylor Swift. Made a $100,000 donation. That goes a lot further than spending $14 million on two Super Bowl ads. We'll switch gears and talk about Caitlin Clark, the GOAT, and Kira and I do something that nobody in radio does, but we're going to do it before we get out of here at one. One hundred two one FM, 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. You're not supposed to show how big of an idiot you are on the radio, all right? But I've been doing radio for 25 years, okay? Feels really weird to say. Professionally, been doing radio for 25 years. And I have become really good at becoming an idiot or displaying my idiocy. So coming up before 1 o'clock, I'll show you why I am an idiot. Kira, you can play the game too, because the answers are right here. Right here. This has been hanging on my desk since uh, right before Labor Day, actually. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, the biggest story, and I feel like it it's so crazy to me to turn on ESPN.com or Yahoo Sports or whatever site you go to. Who goes to Yahoo? It's to go to ESPN.com or Fox Sports or whatever site, Barstool, whatever your site is, right? And a girl from West Des Moines, Iowa, 
is the biggest story. Not only is she the biggest story in sports, I, there was a time, probably for a good 12, 14 hours, and maybe still, when Caitlin Clark is the biggest story on Twitter. When she's the number one trending story on Twitter, probably all over everybody's Facebook feeds, because last night she needed eight points to pass Kelsey Plum for the NCAA scoring record, and she did it in her first three buckets. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? From the logo, the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. Caitlin Clark now has 3,528 points in her career. Let's hear it one more time for number 22, Caitlin Clark. I don't know if you can really script it any better, and uh, I thought we played really well tonight, and that our defense could have been a little better, but just to do it in this fashion, I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful to be surrounded by so many people that have kind of been my foundation and everything that I've done since I was a young little girl. And I started crying watching that video just because, like, I'm I'm just filled with so much gratitude and love. And the way the fa these fans support women's basketball is so special. And, um, yeah, I mean, you all knew I was going to shoot a logo three for the record. Come on now. It was classic. Now, side note, there was – I didn't see it live. It was on Peacock. I don't have Peacock. Kira, do you have Peacock? No. Okay. I still, I know one person. He doesn't live here. It's my buddy up in Milwaukee. We got into a big Twitter fight about this yesterday. Uh, as I was saying that, congratulations to the Big Ten. You just put your most marketable star in the sport that needs more marketing behind a paywall is what you basically did. I know they got their money, and I'm sure Peacock got a bunch of people to sign up for the $6 one-month trial or whatever. A lot of cancellations are coming. Same thing happened when the Chiefs and the Dolphins were on the, were on Peacock. It was the only place you could watch it, unless you streamed it like I did. Last night's game, not on the site I normally illegally stream things from, all right? they didn't. Nobody put up a link. So I had to, get this, I had to wait two minutes to see Caitlin Clark's bucket from the logo. The 27-footer on the fast break. Not only did she get the, the first eight points for the team, she got it in like three shots or whatever it was. Like, it was ridiculous. Bucket, bucket, three, there it is. And Carver-Hawkeye Arena reached 116 decibels last night. Like, it was really loud. In, it was a rock concert loud uh, in that place last night. Tickets were going for two, three, and $4,000. You had to pay 200 bucks to sit up in the corner for this one last night. And the story, the face of, and I've made this claim for two years, the face of college basketball plays for the women's team at Iowa. That is amazing to say. It is absolutely amazing to say. And it's awesome to say, by the way. Very happy that she's... Okay, here's the... I live in West Des Moines. She's from West Des Moines. I was raised Catholic. She went to Dowling Catholic. That's the end of the comparison. That's it. She's so much better at probably everything. But to see what she did last night was great. And if you did see it, cool. Good for you. I did not see it. I actually have a poll. If you follow us on ESPN Des Moines, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Wicket or at ESPN DSM. How much do you watch Peacock in a month? All right? A lot, 20 hours or more a month. Some, 10 to 20 hours a month. A little, less than 10 hours a month. Or zero, don't have it. 
What do you think? I've got 125 votes. This is not a massive poll, but if you want to vote, love to get your input on this. What do you think the most is getting? What's the? That's right. Zero is getting the majority vote. Forty percent of my followers on Twitter, X at Mike Wicket, don't have it or don't watch it because I will bet you that all the people that wanted to see Caitlin Clark, a whole bunch of them, that wanted to see Caitlin break the record last night, are going to cancel it within thirty days. Now there are a buddy of mine got into a big Twitter fight with me about Peacock. And he said, Wicked, you kidding me? There's WWE and there's English Premier Soccer and there's Big Ten and there's entertainment. First off, I'm not really a wrestling guy. If it's on, fine. I, but I don't go out of my way to watch wrestling. I used to, but then kids happen. I'm sure maybe my kids will be into it. I'll get back into it when they get to be of that age. But right now, my kids are five, four, and four. Like they don't, they don't care. Soccer. So I'm sorry, I don't care about soccer. I am not soccer guy. You can be soccer guy. You can be soccer girl. I'm not soccer guy. And then Big Ten. Big Ten's everywhere. You know, if it's not Caitlin Clark, I'm probably not watching women's basketball. With all due respect to Angel Reese or South Carolina, I'm not watching. Maybe Paige Beckers is good. But I don't, I'm not going to go watch UConn basketball, women's basketball. Just not my thing. But Caitlin Clark I'll watch. I hope that she gets to the Final Four. And I hope for ESPN's ratings that she gets to the Final Four. Because if Caitlin's not there, I don't think people are watching like they were last year. And, one, and if you're going to tell me all about NBC's entertainment lineup, listen, let's be real. If it's not The Office, it's not worth watching from NBC. I didn't find Seinfeld funny. Some people find Seinfeld really funny. What? SNL? I think it's on NBC. I, I don't know. Also, I, don't tell your friend that WWE is moving to Netflix. <laughs> ooh, you're right. Well, Wrestle, <laughs> WrestleMania, like all the pay-per-views, I think, are staying on Peacock. Um, so I think that's where you get like WrestleMania and everything like that. I, I, I believe. But I feel like there was a major opportunity missed. And they don't plan it out. They're not telling you. They didn't write the script of when Caitlin was going to break the record and whether or not it was going to be the game against Nebraska or this one against Michigan. Iowa won, by the way. Like, when they made their TV deal, they said, we're going to put these games behind the paywall. I have to imagine, while the Big Ten has already made their money and Peacock has made their money, I got to imagine the Big Ten is not happy that people didn't get a chance to watch this. Because when they put them on, when they put Iowa on Fox a couple of weeks ago, record ratings for one woman. One woman. And it's not Hannah Stalky. With all due respect to Hannah Stalky or Gabby Marshall, it is the greatest women's basketball player I've ever seen. And I've seen my, my share. All right? She is, <laughs> what she is doing for the sport is absolutely incredible. She hit the, the game winner from 27 feet from the logo and spoke to ESPN's Holly Rowe. Well, Holly, that was the only way to do it. So I had to. I told some of my teammates and my coaches, like, if I got a chance in transition, I'm going to launch one. And honestly, I didn't know if it was going to go in because it was, it was a deep one. But then it goes in and Coach Wooder calls timeout. And I'm just thankful to be surrounded by these people, this place. Um, I'm just so grateful, honestly. And she, you know what I like about her so much besides the fact that she's just ridiculously fun to watch play basketball? She doesn't usually get too high emotionally or too low. Like, we talked about this thing in the past about 
she diffuses things really well. Like the Angel Reese thing, you know, the you can't see me and the whole nation being split. Basically, I don't know if you're white or black, but it, it was a whole racial split or whatever. Thug versus classy versus whatever. She's like, I, I don't like, I don't dislike Angel. Angel and I are friends and I didn't take any disrespect by it. That basically shut down the whole Iowa contingent of people. We're like, well, 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 if Caitlin's not mad, maybe I shouldn't be mad. And then nobody cares anymore. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, there's, that's kind of dead. That whole, I mean, the rivalry is going to be there and hopefully it's there for 10 years and it grows the WNBA and Team USA and their teammates and they'll be laughing about it down the road. But once she said that, it was like, okay, who cares? You ask her about the, the, the scoring record. She's basically been like, I don't really care. I'm not, which I know she does care, but she talks well. She speaks well. Or what'd you think about it at halftime? They were interviewing her on the way out. Congratulations, you broke the record. And her answer was, cool, we need to play better defense. <laughs> I was like, that's great. Incredible atmosphere last night. If you did get to see it, I've only seen highlights. ESPN's Holly Rowe was there. It was absolutely electric. And I think in some respects, it caught a lot of people by surprise because the game had just started. She needed eight points, but she scored them so quickly. She came down and hit a two, then a three. And on a fast break in transition, of course, she pulled up from the logo. When I asked her about it, she said it had to be a logo three. She said, <laughs> I was thinking about during it on an earlier possession. So, you know, it was the right moment, the right time. And this building went crazy. Her coach, Lisa Bluter, called a timeout soon afterwards so that the, the place could go crazy and could love on her, support her. Her teammates all rushed out and gave her a big hug. Um, and then it was really cool post game. Everyone stayed. Everyone in this building stayed and watched a huge celebration, video tribute to her. And she actually cried, got teary-eyed um, with her whole family here in attendance. So it's just been kind of a magical night here in Iowa. It was really unbelievable because not only did she break the scoring record and kind of get some of that pressure, a deep breath off of her back, but she went on to set not just the program record, she set the building record, men's and women's, Whoa. a career high. And Stan, the other thing that really impresses me, she did it with 13 assists. And when I talked to her father, Brent, after the game, he said it best. He said, you know, I just really think she makes the people around her better than they even thought they could be. She plays the game at a different speed. She really does. Like you, It's kind of like there's a lot of small-town Iowa around us here in Des Moines, right? And every so often, and this happens in every city, like it, out in the suburbs, you have kids that grew up playing basketball together. But then there's that one kid, that one kid that, that you know as a freshman is D1 good, is, is good enough to go play at a high level, could go to Texas, could go to Iowa State, can go play D1. That's who she is. And when that one kid is on your fresh, is on your team, that one kid throws passes that kids aren't ready for. That one kid can play with both hands. That one kid can take two guys off the bounce and get to the hole. That's who Caitlin Clark is. She is playing the game at a different level than her teammates and everybody in college basketball. And I'll tell you this right now. I didn't realize, by the way, she set the building record. I had no idea. Her 49 last night, and who set the women's scoring record at Iowa, beating Megan Gustafson's scoring record from 2018. I didn't know this. She set the building record. But she faces a lot of junk defenses. A lot of zone, a lot of box in one, a lot of double teams. 
And she's still incredible, averaging 32 a night or whatever. When she gets to the WNBA next year, she's going to be even better. She's not going to be drawing all this crap defense. She's not going to be seeing double teams and triple teams. Because listen, if you want to beat Iowa, triple team Caitlin Clark and make Gabby Marshall beat you. All right? Play a triangle and two. Literally chase her around. All right? With two bodies or a matchup zone on the outside and, and just have someone in her face. She doesn't need much room to shoot. But you junk defense Caitlin out of the game. And I don't know if it can be done, but when they start seeing teams like South Carolina or LSU or whoever, and maybe Indiana this weekend, they got to go to number 14 Indiana this weekend. But when she gets to the WNBA, she's going to be even better. Caitlin Clark will be better as a pro than she is as a college player because of the talent around her. Nobody else on that team is going to be in the WNBA. Again, all due respect to the rest of Lisa Bluter's roster. Caitlin Clark is going to go number one to the fever coming up in the next WNBA draft. She will be the face of women's basketball for a decade, if not longer. And she's going to be better as a pro than a collegiate player. She's just that good. Coming up, I'm an idiot. Kara, are you an idiot? I hope not. Eh, we'll see. It's next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM, 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Kira is on the other side. It is NFL draft season. (laughs) <laughs> which means the regular season, the playoffs, and the Super Bowl are over. We have moved on. And usually, here's what happens. All right? I've been doing this for a very long time. I've been listening to a lot of sports radio in my life. And every year, every year, the the knuckleheads behind the microphones, like <laughs> me, every year around Labor Day, they give their predictions. Who's going to win the divisions? Who's going to be the wild card? Who's going to win the conference? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? But nobody ever writes it down and revisits it and see how many we actually got oh, right. No, no, I happen to have. We don't have to do this today. Early September. <laughs> now, Kira, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much football knowledge do you think you have? Like 10 would be your Vince Lombardi, and then 1 would be your my wife. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> I've learned a lot. I would say it's a solid four. A solid four. Okay. All right. I'd like to think I'm at like a six or a seven. That's oh, what I'd like to think okay. I'm at. Well, I like to think I'm maybe at. more of a th- two. <laughs> but we make our predictions every year, and every year we review them because pe- the, the talking heads don't do this. You don't see the guys on ESPN or even the guys here on ESPN Radio go back and show you how smart or how wrong they are. Mm. So let's let's just look at this. Let's just see what happens here. Do we have to? Well, all right. So we'll start with the AFC in the East. I picked the Miami Dolphins. That is that. Yeah, you picked the Buffalo Bills. Good job, Kira. In the South, you picked the Jacksonville Jaguars. I picked the Tennessee Titans. Listen, keep keep the wrong button a lot more handy than the right button, all right? 
I thought the Titans would be better. I thought Tannehill would be better. I thought didn't think Derrick Henry would fall off like he did. Way, way wrong. Uh, in the North, I had the Cincinnati Bengals. Listen, if Burrow doesn't get hurt, come on. You got to believe that the Bengals were going to win that division. But Kira had the Baltimore Ravens. Kira, you have two correct out of three divisions. And I know who you picked in the West because we both picked the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at that. (laughs) Kira, you went three out of four for the division winners. And you know nothing about football. That's a solid C plus. That is three out of four, seventy five percent. Kira, your other three wild card teams were the Jets. That ended as soon as Aaron Rodgers' Achilles popped. The Raiders. That was a terrible pick. And the Houston Texans, who actually won the division. So you had four correct playoff teams. <gasps> Not bad. Four out of seven. Not bad. Uh, I had the Jags. I bought into the hype. I shouldn't have. It was one comeback against Brandon Staley, and everybody jumped on the train. I should not have. I did have the Bills getting in as a wild card, so I'll take it. And I did have the Ravens getting in as a wild card. They wound up actually winning the division. So, Kira, the way this works, you got two points a pop for the divisions and one point for the extra wild card Wait, team. Wait, now, so, it's, now it's a competition? Of course it is. <laughs> is it a competition? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, over in... The, and by the way, Kira, you also get the point because you had the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl. Look at you, Kira. There's another one. So you get a point there. Oh, God. In the NFC, we both had the Philadelphia Eagles winning the East. Look good till about week 10. We both had the New Orleans Saints winning the South. It was actually Tampa Bay. I had the Vikings winning the North. That got derailed once Kirk Kirk Cousins' Achilles popped. You had the Detroit Lions winning the North. Kira, killing it in the West. You had Seattle. Seattle did not win the West. They, they got almost got to the playoffs. I did have the 49ers winning the West, so I feel like I got that one right. That's that's a definite ding. Uh, the rest of the wild card teams. Uh, Kira, you had Washington, who was the second pick. They got the second pick in the draft this year. You also had Tampa Bay, who won the division and got in, and the L.A. Rams. Kira, <laughs> what? I could feel it. I think, yes. I think when we when we were doing Kira. this, I was like, I'm feeling. Yeah, like I'm feeling L.A. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, I had Seattle making a wild card. I bought into more hype. That did not happen. I did have the Dallas Cowboys getting in as a wild card team. They actually wound up winning the East. And the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers were on my playoff list, and they got in. I had the Kansas City Chiefs also getting to the Super Bowl, so I get a point there. You had the Saints making the Super Bowl. That was not your best. I had the 49ers getting to the Super Bowl. So I picked the two teams correct. And, Kira, I my prediction, back in September, the Kansas City Chiefs over the San Francisco 49ers, I don't know what the amount of money I would have won would have been if I predicted the exact outcome, but that that's some serious dough. That would have been some serious money. I had Chiefs over Niners. I haven't felt that. I mean, I, let's see if I had a points real quick. Two, four, six. Seven in the AFC for Kira. Uh, two, three, four for Wicket. Uh, in the NFC, 
Uh, two, three, four for me. Two, three, four for you. Let's see here. You get an extra point there. Yeah, Kira, you won. I still be. I had the right. You beat me by two points in the prediction game, but I still had the Chiefs over the Niners. So congratulations. Good job, Kira. Good job. This is the give yourself a four. Give yourself a four. (laughs) Don't knock yourself down to a three or a two. I'm going to knock me down to a three. This is the happiest day of my life. I believe that. I believe it. Only second to beating you in fantasy this year. That was last year. Oh, well. Yeah, that was last year. Hey, did you see the trophy on my desk? Fantasy football champion, Mike Eh. Wicked, all right? Eh. Fantasy football champion. And I predicted the Super Bowl from back at Labor Day when we did our predictions. But again, that just goes to show if you get four out of seven, you feel pretty good because the NFL season, injuries happen, guys slump. Guys, come back down. Like right now, I know the Chiefs are the favorite and the Niners are the second favorite at most books. I think in DraftKings, that's the way it goes. Plus 400, plus 500, something like that. I have a sneaky feeling that the Niners are going to come back to the pack because that's usually what happens when a team loses the Super Bowl. You have that that hangover of, my gosh, we had a lead in the fourth quarter over Patrick Mahomes. Whatever happened, happened. They could not hold it. They go to overtime. Everybody's talking about the blunder of taking the ball and not knowing the overtime rules. Meanwhile, the Chiefs knew the overtime rules, so you knew everything was going to be fine. They had practiced it all year. They practiced the playoff scenarios every single week, what it was like. They were much more prepared. Maybe it's time we stop calling Kyle Shanahan a genius. By the way, watching the Super Bowl in Mexico at a resort is awesome. There were tons of Chiefs fans, tons of Chiefs fans, and there was a smattering of Niners fans. And then in the bar, because they, they showed it in two of the bars on the, the resort, I wore my Jordan Love Packers jersey and got a lot of people wondering, what in the hell is he wearing? Why is he wearing that? The Packers are not playing. Who is this idiot walking around in green and yellow shorts and a Jordan Love jersey? That's it right there. Well, Pac taking us out? All right. Okay. All right. I got you. Uh, my thanks again to Nikki Vivas from 99.7 The Point down in Kansas City for joining us. If you missed her conversation, she was at the parade. She was there for the shooting. A podcast that coming up, ESPNDesMoines.com. That is going to do it. Uh, yeah. Be safe. Hug the ones you love, all right? And just be safe. I don't even know what else to say. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air and kicking my ass in the football prediction contest. I threw the sheet out so no one could ever see it again. Get out of the garbage, Kira. Don't fish it out. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same.